Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on God is in the details. And from Matthew 10:30, Jesus said, And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. This suggests that God is so great that he can take an interest in the most intimate details of our lives. There is nothing so small that it escapes his notice. And there is no concern too trivial to bring before him. He simply cares that much. God not only created us, he sustains and keeps us through every moment. It's sometimes said that the devil is in the details. But it's better by far to understand that God is in them, watching over even the things that escape our notice. How comforting it is to know that our perfectly wise and caring Heavenly Father holds us along with all of creation in His strong and loving hands. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, from Genesis 1, 9 and 21. And God saw that it was good, it sure is, especially when you have an ocean front view. Grasp that for a moment. The sea, the sand, the rocks, the birds, the fish, the waves. God created every detail. Every molecule, every grain, every crevice, feather, and gill. He made the entire scene. And then he went even further. He gave us his son who provided a way for us to live forever. That's a lot to absorb. And it's all nice. And we certainly believe all that. But some of us live on a planet Earth and have our daily realities to face. Realities like a lost job or a broken marriage or a failed class or a missed opportunity. Yes, God may have provided the way for us to have eternal life. But what about the groceries we need for this week? The unexpected bill that came in the mail or child rebellious attitude. Those little day-to-day details that nag and aggravate and weigh us down. How would he have time to deal with that? And, better yet, why would he care? From our vantage point, life can seem overwhelming and even out of control. But he who loves us with a steadfast love is as into the details of our lives as he was when he created the details of bringing together the water and the sandy shores. As Christ said in Matthew 6.26, the Father knows every bird and he cares for them, how much more he cares for us as his prized creation. So have you given your details to God to figure out? Yes, he knows them already, but when we hand them over to him, something wonderful happens. He arranges them into a bigger picture with a broader view to help us work our way out of our futile processes. He's got this plan. It's purposeful. And we may not see the bigger picture as clearly as his oceanfront views, but we can trust that he sees it and he is working it out and we'll see that it too is good. From Psalms 37, 23-35, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and delights at every detail of their lives. God loves you so much and is attentive to every detail of your life. Not only does he knows the number of hairs on your head, but he also cares so deeply about whatever painful circumstance you are going through that he collects your tears in a bottle and records each one in his book. 
No other animal has the ability to shed emotional tears like humans, and I have often wondered what God was thinking when he decided to upgrade us with the capability of crying. Recently, I learned that our tears had different chemical makeups depending on the purpose behind the tears. For example, happy tears are chemically different from tears caused by heartbreak or grief. Similarly, tears caused by pain, like the one a child cries when he skins his knee, are different than the ones that we shed if we're slicing an onion and have an irritant in our eye. I found it even more fascinating that emotional tears have a high concentration of stress hormones, so our bodies are ridding themselves of toxins with each of those teardrops. Additionally, when we cry for an extended amount of time, our body releases extra feel-good hormones. They're called oxytocin and endorphins that can help relieve both physical and emotional pain, allowing us to become more relaxed and providing us with a sense of comfort and calm, like a natural painkiller. So when the creator of the universe handcrafted humans, he equipped us with a release valve for times when life becomes too overwhelming for us to hold it all inside. Scripture also tells us those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy from Psalm 126.5. This verse gives me hope that our sorrowful tears are like tiny seeds and one day they will produce a harvest of joy. Our suffering is never wasted. God can bring a harvest of good from even the worst circumstances from Romans 8.28. Although God never promised that life here on earth will be without pain, suffering, and tears, he does promise that he will one day wipe away every tear from the eyes of his children. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes from Revelation 7.17. In heaven, believers will find eternal peace and comfort with our Savior. There will be no more pain, no more sickness, and no more heartbreak, no more grief, no more death, and no more tears, because we will no longer need them. So Rick Warren writes, Love, trust, and obey God's details. So I am not a detail person. I have a hard time giving my attention to small parts of something for any significant period of time. What about you? Are you detail-oriented? Do you know who is God? God cares about every little detail of life. Have you ever stopped to look closely at nature? Take a flower, for example. Each flower is filled with so many intricate details. And think of the human body. God says that he even numbers every hair on your head. He cares about the details because he is a God of detail. He not only wants you to obey him, he also is interested in the details of how you obey. God wants you to obey him in the right way and for the right reasons. There's an example of this in the Bible. A man named Naaman was ill with leprosy. He went to the prophet Elisha and asked what he should do. This is the message Elisha sent. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed from 2 Kings 5.10. Naaman was insulted. He had expected a dramatic healing from the prophet, not bizarre, humiliating instructions, but his servants talked him into following God's detailed instructions, even though he didn't understand them. The result? 
So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored, and he became clean like that of a young boy, from 2 Kings 5.14. Do you think there was a special power in the water? Absolutely not. Naaman was healed because of his obedience. He had faith. He obeyed God completely. So when you obey God completely, you're showing that you love him and trust him. When you love someone, you often do something the way they want it done just because you love that person. And when you trust someone, you do something how they want it done because you trust they know the best. So when you love and trust God, you do things the way he wants them done. You obey him completely. Faith is trusting God in the details of life. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. So does God care about the little things that happen in our lives? The short answer is yes. God absolutely cares about the little things in our lives since he numbered the hairs of our head, like we've said before. From another perspective, if the nations are as dust on the scales, what is big to God? So let's look at a few little things in our lives that matter to God. The first is God cares about little worries. Do not be anxious about anything from Philippians 4.6. Don't worry about anything. Most of us allow a few worries to slip in like, like these. Will I be late? Will my child do well in this class? Did I make the right decision? I heard a young mother say, It's hard to see how worry is so bad. It's not like murder or adultery. I'm reminded that small choices add up over time. A shift of a few degrees in your attitude extended over 5, 10, or 15 years makes you a different person than you could have been. When Hurricane Fran approached the East Coast, the weather reports said South Carolina would receive the brunt of the storm. However, North Carolina woke to high winds and crashing trees. Out in the Atlantic Ocean, the storm had shifted only a few degrees north. That small change extended over hundreds of miles moved the storm to the middle of North Carolina. Most of us resist being shoved off track, but we allow ourselves to be nudged. How many marriages have gone cold because one or both parties become distracted? How many children feel neglected because their parents are preoccupied? God has good reason for forbidding worry. Even a little worry harbored every day can change our character and our relationships. And the next is God cares about little sins. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, from James 1, 14-16. King David stayed home from war. One evening he saw a beautiful woman bathing. Instead of turning away, he watched. He asked his men to inquire about her. When he learned she was married to one of his 37 mighty men and the daughter of another, he still called for her. These seemingly little sins spiraled out of control, ending in betrayal and murder. I'm sure David never imagined leaning on that terrace that night would end in such disaster. Little sins ensnare us and take us to places we never wanted to go. And the third is God cares about little desires. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you from 1 Peter 5.7. 
So I heard about a family. In the chaos of a tornado that ripped through their yard, the husband misplaced his comb. By another comb, said his wife, we had suffered thousands of dollars of loss. Who cares about a 35-cent comb? So his late father had given him the comb in high school, and he had carried it on his first date. This comb did more than part his hair. It housed treasured memories. What gave this plastic comb value? It's how he felt about it. Maybe you believe your life's details are unimportant to a busy God. Why would he bother with your small problems? He bothers because of how he feels about you. The guy in this story who lost a comb experienced a special connection with his heavenly father when he found his comb. Little desires matter because you matter. And the next is God cares about little prayers. But in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God from Philippians 4.6. A friend told me that early in his Christian life, he was bothered when people would ask for prayer over something he considered small, like the sale of a house. He reasoned that God expected us to take care of those things. After all, God had countries to manage. As my friend's relationship with Christ grew, his views of God and prayer changed. He realized God wants us to ask him for every need. So when you think about it, what is too small for God? He knows every time you sit down or stand up. Or what could be too big when the nations are like a drop in the bucket? Nothing is too big or too small for our Heavenly Father. If it concerns you, it matters to Him. It delights me when God answers my trivial request. Finding a parking place isn't a life or death issue, but every time God opens up one for me in a crowded lot, my heart rejoices in my Father's care. It's one more way He shows me He cares. As a parking place is not too small a request for Him, an unhappy relationship or a broken past is not too big. Knowing this helps us pray with confidence. God hears and answers us in the best possible way. In the fifth, God cares about little disappointments. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose from Romans 8.28. We can't fully comprehend the purpose of our disappointments, but if God allows pain into our lives, we can trust he is using it for our eternal good. When we arrive in heaven, and see this life from God's perspective, we won't ball up our fists and say, I knew you messed up with my life. We'll worship and say, wow, how did you do that? This is so much better than I could ever imagine. So next, I want to play you a song, and it's called God is in the Story by Katie Nicole and Big Daddy Weave. And here it is. Tell me I'm no good Chapters that define me for so long But the hands of grace and endless love Dusted off and picked me up Told my heart that hope is never gone God is in this story
Hey, what a great song by Katie Nicole and Big Daddy Weave. And Big Daddy Weave lead singer Mike Weaver shares, It's been a really difficult season of saying goodbye to my brother and missing him, but also a time of realizing that there's so much more for us to do. This is a song of hope, a song of encouragement, that God really is present with us in all of the seasons of our lives. The really great ones and the ones that are difficult. God is not giving up on us. He is in the details of our lives. We can trust him that he is working things together for our good. The one thing that we all have in common is that we all have a story to tell, adds Nicole. Looking back on my life, I always thought, oh, my story is too broken and no one is going to want to hear about that. But what I didn't know is that people were actually seeing Jesus through my story because God was turning the broken things into beautiful things. So if you think about your story is too broken, I promise you that it's not because God is in it. So next, I want to read you a story, and it's called The Man and the Birds, and it's by Paul Harvey. The man to whom I'm going to introduce you was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men. But he just didn't believe all that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay at home, but that he would wait up for them, and so he stayed and they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier and then went back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another, and then another, sort of a thump and a thud. At first, he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against his living room window, but when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm and, in a desperate search for shelter, had tried to fly through his large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter if he could direct the birds to it. Quickly, he put on a coat, galoshes, tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened up the doors wide and turned on a light, but the birds did not come in. He figured food would entice them, so he hurried back to the house, fetched breadcrumbs, sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction except into the warm, lighted barn. And then he realized that they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I am not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Because any move he made tended to frighten them, confuse them, they just would not follow. 
They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. If only I could be a bird, he thought to himself, and mingle with them and speak their language. Then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to safety, to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind, and he stood there listening to the bells, listening to the bells, pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And he sank to his knees in the snow. So Billy Graham was asked a question regarding if God is in the details of your life. And the question was, I have a hard time believing that God is interested in every detail of our lives. Maybe he's interested in the big things that happen to us, but I think he's probably got too much else to worry about the small things. Am I right? Billy Graham's answer, no, you aren't right. And you should be glad you aren't, because it means that God is concerned about everything that happens to us. It also means we can bring even the smallest concern to him in prayer, knowing that he cares about us and watches over us. So why is God concerned not only about the big things, but the small things in our lives? One reason is because he loves us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't care what happens to us. And he certainly wouldn't care about the little details that often preoccupy us or cause us the greatest worry. But he does love us, and we know this because he sent his only son into the world to purchase our salvation. Jesus said, even the hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid, again from Matthew 10, 30 and 31. But we know God is concerned about even the smallest things for another reason, his greatness. Listen, God is so great that even the very smallest detail of the universe is under his control. The most distant galaxy, the little seed, even the smallest subatomic particle, everything was created by him and is under his sovereign control. God is that great. In Christ, the Bible says, all things were created, and in him all things hold together, from Colossians 1, 16 and 17. So most of all, God is concerned about you and me. If you have never done so, turn to Jesus Christ, and by faith humbly submit your life to him without delay. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip by Greg Laurie on the tale of two evangelists. And here it is. I want to briefly tell you the tale of two evangelists. So when Billy was starting out in the 40s preaching, he was working with an organization called Youth for Christ. Another one of the preachers that was out there speaking alongside of Billy was Charles Templeton. And many thought that Templeton was the better communicator of the two. Templeton was handsome and he was well read. So people thought, man, Templeton's going to be the next great evangelist. Uh, but as a little bit of time passed, Templeton began to doubt the Bible and he began to wander away from his beliefs and he decided to stop preaching and he encouraged Billy to join him. He said, Billy, we can't really trust the Bible. Come and get a better education with me and, and I'll show you what I've learned. And Billy had what you might describe as a crisis of faith. Because he was having his doubts. Billy was an intelligent man. A man who studied. A man who wanted to know for certain. And he realized ultimately this was going to come down to a step of faith. 
And so Billy was up at the Forest Home Conference Center and he was out by himself in the evening and there was a tree stump sitting there. Billy took his Bible and laid it on the tree stump and he prayed and said, Father, I'm going to accept this as your word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts and I believe this to be your inspired word. And that was it. Billy never looked back. And right on the heels of that commitment that Billy made to God. He did his first meeting there at the tent in Los Angeles and that launched him into a global ministry that impacted the world. Meanwhile, Charles Templeton, the man who began to doubt, became a full-blown atheist. He even wrote a book called Farewell to God. Templeton has been largely forgotten. And Billy, of course, made such an impact. But the story doesn't end there. My friend Lee Strobel told me that in research for one of his books, he went to meet Templeton, who was older at this point and in really poor health. And uh, Lee brought up Jesus Christ. And Templeton made this statement to Lee. He said he was the greatest man who ever lived, speaking of Jesus. And then Templeton said to Lee Strobel, I know this may sound strange, but I adore him. And let me put it this way, I miss him. Lee was surprised. So he's looking at this man who wrote farewell to God saying, I miss Jesus. I adore Jesus. Well, a little bit of time passed and uh, Charles Templeton was on his deathbed and his wife said that there in his deathbed his eyes opened up and he said, I see angels. They're beautiful. They're waiting for me. I'm coming. So it sounds like the man who said farewell to God was able to then say hello to God because he returned to the Lord toward the end of his life. But the sad thing is, is he threw so much of his life away. He doubted God's word. Never, Billy never stopped believing it. You have that choice. I have that choice every day. Believe the word of God or believe the lie. So I encourage you to believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. So that does bring an end of our episode today. And my closing prayer as always is that God blesses the journey you're on with him and that you embrace that path. Next week's episode is going to be on Gain Wisdom from God. Hey, you can connect with me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook. And anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. I hope everybody had a great week. God bless. And we'll catch you next week.